Welcome to the third episode of New York City Parks or History Project Podcast. Our subject is the history of the COVID-19 pandemic and the response and activity of the New York City parks. Our hosts are Diana Baker and Kevin Fitzpatrick. This is episode number three, Why Parks and Public Service? We're back in Williamsburg, Brooklyn at McCarran Place Center in the Media Education Lab. Our team is using the Media Lab to share our history with listeners, presenting some of the more than 100 interviews conducted last year. In our last episode, we shared some of the interviews about the beginning of the pandemic. Today, we'll address what drives a person to be a public servant when doing that job might get you or your family sick. Well, I don't know if you remember when you joined the agency, but I didn't really think too much about becoming a public servant. I mean, you go and sign some papers, the next thing you know, you're working for the city. Was that your experience? Did you think about becoming a public servant? Yeah, I was in need of a job. And I got one and was really happy about that. (laughs) And no, becoming a public servant was not my um, immediate motivation. But you were in education before you came to Parks, right? Yes. Did you think about becoming a public servant when you did that? I think it's maybe just kind of baked into my personality. Like it's maybe not an accident that I found myself in a job like this. Um, But teaching, yes, is definitely, you know, public service. And uh, I quickly grasped that when I came here to the Parks Department. I understood, like, oh, I get it. We're, you know, we're here to help people. Well, for me, when I was 17, I enlisted in the Marine Corps. And, you know, when you do that, you raise your right hand and you swear to defend the Constitution with another room full of 17, 18-year-olds doing the same thing. But this was my first time working for the government. And it didn't really dawn on me that you were, you know, working for the city until you're actually in the job. And one of the things that I liked when I met the people doing these interviews was finding out what drove them to want to become a member of the Parks Department and if that played into their era in the pandemic of, yes, now you are serving the public. Hmm. When I first came to Parks, I was not um, in media education. So that, you know, kind of influenced... um you know, joining media education uh, influenced my approach to what I'm doing. Um, But, you know, I've I've always been, you know, sort of in this position of wanting to help people. And um, that's one of the reasons why I find this job so fulfilling, because I do feel like, you know, on a small scale, that I'm actually helping someone, you know. When COVID hit, I just feel like things got scattered you know, just felt like everything just kind of scattered out in all directions. And I, I don't know if, um, you know, I'll just be honest, like I don't know if necessarily serving the public was initially my, you know, approach to that when COVID hit. Well, that kind of ties into our first interview today that we're going to share with you that was recorded last summer in the Bronx. It was conducted outside the Van Cortland Park Golf Course with Stephanie Ehrlich, the park administrator. And her first day on the job was actually during the pandemic, and she didn't see her co-workers without their masks on for more than a year. And she was asked why she would want to work for parks. I am a New Yorker. I grew up in Brooklyn. Uh, I grew up in an apartment, small apartment, uh, on Ocean Parkway and Avenue X. And for me, getting out of the apartment and getting out into green space was a salvation. Uh, We were lucky we had this kind of, what I realize now was an empty lot behind the building, but we, the kids in the building would go and play. 
uh, in this empty lot and it was just a source of um, great respite and also uh, imagination. We were able to just pretend it was, uh, there were dinosaurs chasing us. It was the time, it was the 70s, so there was Land of the Lost and giant dinosaurs. So, uh, so that was a really fun and important part of my childhood. So uh, I don't know, I, I just feel like being a city person, having green space is really an integral part of uh, the ability to function in an urban environment, and so that's what's always drawn it to uh, drawn me to it. Uh, I also love fun, like really love fun, and parks are fun. <laughs> Did you make a conscious decision going to public service? I mean, is that something you thought about? It's funny. No, I didn't. So I thought I was going to be a classroom teacher. So I went to graduate school, uh, Bank Street. I thought I was going to be an elementary school teacher. Uh, I did my training and I did my uh, student teaching and I was like oh this is not for me so I knew I wanted to work with kids and I saw the job for a Central Park Conservancy and was really excited about it because it was working with kids teaching them environmental education and it was specifically something called the North End Discovery Program which was working with kids in East Harlem teaching them about insects and birds and compost and it was so much fun. And that was really when I realized like, oh, I'm like these kids, these kids are like me. This is a, such a great fun thing to do. And that sent me uh, on the path of working outdoors, doing educational programming. So I think I was more thinking that I was an educator. And it wasn't until um, actually First Deputy Commissioner Rodriguez Rosa uh, said that I was a good public servant that I realized, oh, that's what I am, that's what I do. So um, I hadn't really thought of it in those terms, but yeah. Talk to me about 2019, what you were doing, and as we come out of the Christmas holidays, mm -hmm. what you're planning to do for 2020 here. I had not even been offered the job in 2019. I was still working at Queens Botanical Garden. I had interviewed for the position, and I was very much hopeful that I would get it, but I hadn't heard. On January 2nd, um, then Bronx Borough Commissioner Rodriguez Rosa called me and offered me the position and I was like giddy. Uh, but it needed to go through OMB approval so it took a little while before I was able to actually join. But I was, uh, nobody was really thinking pandemic at that point. So January 2nd, 2020, there were some rumblings. Uh, you know, people were uh, sick in other places, not so much in the US yet. And so it really wasn't like front and center. But as time started to move forward and it was taking a little bit longer for me to come on board, it started to become apparent like, oh, this is, this is maybe going to be scary. And I had given my notice at my other position uh, on March, I guess like on March 1st. And that was when it was all starting to come down. So uh, that was a garden. Uh, I was at Queens Botanical Garden at the time and we were talking about, okay, are we going to close down? Are we going to be open to the public? You know, what are we going to do? And the, um, the gardens in the city are under the auspices of the Department of Cultural Affairs and Cultural Affairs was saying that uh, the, the gardens should close uh, in addition to the museums, which are also under the auspices of Cultural Affairs. So, so we we're getting ourselves ready to close up shop and uh, the gardens were going to be closed to the public, but we knew we were going to have to maintain them. The buildings were going to be closed. And I started to think, oh God, what is going to happen <laughs> at parks when I start? So my first day on the job was April 6th, 2020. 
which was a Monday, but I wanted to come out to the park beforehand. So the day before I started, which was Sunday the 5th, I come out and um, the Army Corps of Engineers was on site and they were getting ready to um, possibly create a field hospital on the parade ground in Van Cortlandt Park. And uh, this, was, this was when numbers were at that point where it wasn't clear if there were gonna be enough beds in hospitals. And so there was already a field hospital in Central Park in North Meadow. Uh, and so the city was thinking about where else can we put these field hospitals. And of course, Parks, you know, as Parks does, stepped up and said, you know, here's a place. And the Bronx was getting hit very, very hard uh, throughout the pandemic, but certainly early on. And Army Corps of Engineers was there and I walked over and I was like, hi, I'm the new administrator. I'm starting tomorrow. And uh, they were talking about installing fencing and lights and they were going to be on site for, you know, forever and ever. And as it turned out, luckily, uh, they did not have to do a complete installation. So there was some uh, partial installation done, but, you know, we waited uh, about, I think it was like 10 days, maybe two weeks, and then it was like, it was called. So it was okay, we didn't have to do it, which was a great relief, both, you know, for the park's sake, so that it wouldn't be uh, damaged, but also because it meant that the numbers were sort of leveling off. So when you stepped into the role, mm -hmm. I mean, there was people working remotely, there was people on site, frontline workers. Mm -hmm. What was the mood, what was the of, the, of your new team? Well, the weirdest thing was that I was brand new and we were all masked and I had no idea what anybody looked like. So really for almost a year, I couldn't really identify who was my staff and who was because I was masked, they were masked, and we were being so vigilant um, indoors and outdoors. I mean, remember, we were, we were masked outdoors as well. Right. Um, that that was just a weird, it was just a weird way to start a job, so it was very hard for me to connect with people. Um, I think that this team here at Van Cortlandt Park, I mean, I know everybody at Parks is devoted, but we have people... Um, Part of this park who really were just uh, they gave above and beyond uh, uh, landscape and natural areas manager John Paul Catusco never missed a day of work never um, he he worked crazy hours and um, he and his team were out in the field you know constantly uh, PS2 Janine Danzler she got COVID early on but she was she was back and she is a force to be reckoned with and has been, um, you know, was just in the field constantly. So, so the staff was, I think, fierce, you know, they were just, we have to do this, we're here for it. And, um, and they did an amazing job. They always do an amazing job. Uh, I would say as an aside there, it has been relentless. So we're, you know, we're in year three of this. And although there have been some vacations along the way, it is um, a physically and mentally exhausting time, especially for field staff, because they can't work remotely. 
Sean James is the Deputy Chief of Recreation for the Bronx. He was also um, my center manager at uh, Al Smith Recreation Center in Manhattan many years ago. Um, he has more than 20 years of service in the city. And as a native New Yorker, he grew up in Manhattan and has worked at every level in the agency. He was asked why he chose parks for his career. That's a good question. Uh, it seemed at the right time, it seemed just the right move. Uh, uh, I had a family member who, you know, told me NYC Parks was hiring. I took a chance on the field. I figured with my field of studies, physical therapy, it would correlate, you know, but sometimes it's not where you start, it's where you end, and it just migrates into something different. Mm -hmm. What keeps you in the agency? I like what I do. You know, I've had ups and downs as any, you know, parky or anyone working, you know, in their field of choice. Um, but I've, you know, I've been fortunate. I've worked in three boroughs now, and I've started and slowly progressed my career. So I, I really like it. What is about recreation, though? I mean, you're hands-on. You're public facing. Very hands-on. Uh, wow. It's just you said it exactly. You're hands-on. Like you're in the community. It's nothing better when someone from the community recognizes you for what you do. You know, um, I've been fortunate. I've worked in uh, economically. Uh, in neighborhoods that were economically challenged. So to have a parent or a youth, someone come to me and inquire about a program or say, when are we having the program again? When does the new season start? Or can you help me, you know, hopefully find a job and I'm able to come through for them? That's a great feeling. So the message goes out, don't come to work on Monday. And what, what's that mean for you? Because you're in recreation. That's what we do. Yes, we're always out in the field. Uh, initially it was a little shock. But then I have, a, I have a daughter, so now it's like, well, don't come to work. Well, why am I not coming to work? And then it was like, okay, well, have my daughter, is she going, you know, does she have school? You know, things of that nature. So it was more so don't come to work, but then immediately after that, my second thought is, okay, now my daughter, is she in school, childcare, is she not in school, things of that nature. Did you ever feel like your health was at risk going to work? Of course. I mean, let me say, my concern wasn't my health per se, it was my family's health. Like, that was my, you know, that was my biggest thing, you know, the, the, the health of my family. Of course, because when you read the news and you, you watch reports in Queens, there were certain areas that were deemed um, high impact areas, you know. So, you know, and then myself, aside from working the distribution site, I was still going to visit a lot of my staff in other recreation centers that were deemed high impact areas. So naturally, but you know, the parks did a great job, you know, provided us with enough PPE that would keep us physically and mentally safe. Because a lot of times you can be physically safe, you can have a mask on, you can have your gloves, your hand sanitizer, but it's about me in, in a space mentally where you're comfortable enough to know I can still do my job and not feel the burden of everything. But you know, we were given PPE equipment it seemed like every other, every other week we were given equipment. So that part of it, I wasn't really, it didn't really bother me too much. It didn't, it really didn't. You're an essential worker, but in essence, you're serving the public. You're serving the public. So if that means, you know, whether, you know, you're working a family day event or you're working at the recreation center, cleaning up the facility, I've, you know, I've held a multitude of responsibilities, you know, as I send it up, you know, through my career, I just saw it as working for recreation. I didn't see it as, you know, when I'm working in maintenance and operation one day, or so I'm cleaning floors another day. I just saw it, I'm just working in recreation. I've always seen it like that. 
This is turning into an all-Bronx episode except for your host. <laughs> Jamal Jones lives in the Bronx but makes the long train ride to Roy Wilkins Recreation Center in St. Albans, Queens, almost on the border with Nassau County. During the pandemic, he was almost alone on the 90-minute subway ride. Jamal is a recreation specialist working in a very busy recreation center. He was asked what drew him to parks. I've always had a thought of how no matter where I'm going in the sea, no matter what I'm doing, I see that leaf, I see that parks leaf. So I was aware of how integral the agency is to serving the public and how whenever there was something interesting going on, there was a parks department leaf, where there was the marathon and other things, you see that iconic leaf. Um, I was befriended by someone who told me about more about the agency and inquired whether I want to serve and work within it, and um, I've never looked back. I'm most fortunate. But why this agency? What, what drew you to the agency that you wanted to be? Because it, it, there's a certain level of intimacy. Um, you find out how membership is doing. They feel comfortable with you, telling you about details about their lives. And especially like on a fitness perspective, you feel fortunate that they're giving you their time. Like I always crack a joke about the membership here. I have a lot of retirees and they have living a very rich life. And sometimes they're going to South Africa, sometimes they're going to Colombia. So they don't lack options, but they come here to work with us, to use our facility, to engage in our fitness programs. And it gives you a, a sense of purpose because people are voluntarily choosing to interact with you other than going to some high-end gym or some other you know, fitness facility, they choose to come to our Parks Recreation Center. Did you ever feel like your health was at risk going to work? No, um, I knew it was. I was certainly never cocky. Um, I was aware of stories who've contracted, of people who contracted coronavirus and they were fit individuals and they felt horrible. I knew it was always there, but um, I was very careful and always thought, well, maybe there's a time I did contract it and I was asymptomatic. Um, but I was mindful of it, but never scared. Why, I, I do not know. Um, it was a very scary time. Um, I'm certainly not bulletproof, but I was never particularly that scared, no. Well, this is just a small taste of the interviews of people telling us why they wanted to work in parks, what drew them to be a public servant. Diana, this was a really amazing episode today to really hear about your story and others and why you wanted to work in parks. Thank you. See you in the parks. Thanks. Please like and share our podcast. Thank you for listening to the New York City Parks or History Project podcast. It is produced by New York City Parks Media Education. Our hosts are Diana Baker and Kevin Fitzpatrick. Our producer is Igosa Agbo, and our sound engineer is Eddie Hall. Original theme music, A Stroll in the Park, is composed and performed by Brett Meany, and the show's soundbed audio is composed by Shaquem Hill-Wasse. I am announcer, Zach Lella. On our next episode, we will be talking about how recreation centers helped teach our children. Thank you for listening, and if you liked our show, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and please share this podcast with others who may be interested in our show. See you in the parks.